Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Hi, I'm John Cook and this is Truth Matters. Today I'll be discussing why El Paso can't attract conventions. I was honored to spend 14 years serving as an elected official in our municipal government. The last eight was as the mayor. 13 different city council members helped me during our administration. Each brought their own skill set and priorities to the table. We didn't always agree with one another, but despite that, managed to stay focused on a progressive agenda. Protecting and improving our parks and open space, developing a transportation network that included mass transit, hike and bike trails, local streets and highways were important projects that we took on. One of our top priorities underlying everything else was improving the quality of life to make El Paso a great place to live, work, and raise families. A key component of quality of life includes a vibrant downtown. A downtown to a city is sort of like a living room is to a house. When you have visitors to your home, you invite them into your living room and they see and what they see colors their impression of you. You may make sure that the doors to the kids' bedrooms are closed, but you certainly make sure that the living room is looking good. It's sort of the same with visiting a city. People's opinion of the city is colored by what they see in its downtown. If you've had a chance to visit our downtown recently, you'll probably see we've made significant strides toward redevelopment. We aren't all the way there yet, but we're on the right path. Part of the plan for redeveloping downtown included bringing out-of-town conventions to the city. In, 20, in 2005, when I was elected to my first four-year term as mayor, we had a terrible track record of attracting conventions. There were several reasons for that. First of all, the downtown had become the victim of neglect over time. As businesses moved to malls and shopping centers, and as the city expanded to the outskirts, the focus moved away from downtown. As I mentioned, we've made great strides to improving the infrastructure and bringing shopping, dining, and nightlife attractions to the city center. This progress has been a joint effort of both the public and private sectors. A big obstacle to attracting conventions was the lack of hotel rooms within walking distance to downtown, at uh, walking distance to the convention center downtown. We had several hundred downtown rooms and unfortunately, much of that inventory was worn out and outdated. We amassed an arsenal of economic incentives to promote new construction and remodeling. So today, we have more than a thousand quality rooms within eight walking blocks of the convention center and more are on the way. According to a report I got from the city, in the past 10 years, we've averaged a little over 10 events per year at the convention center. That's right, 10 events per year. To be fair, I've excluded 2020 and 2021 from my analysis because there are only two events per year during those years with the pandemic restricting the use of the center. During the eight years included in my analysis, we only averaged 3,047 attendees per year. 
And it's important to note that the bowling tournament in 2015 accounted for 41% of the total attendance with 116,500 people. The second largest contributor to the total count of 2,000 of 243,789 attendees in the eight years analyzed was the Christian Conference of Jehovah Witnesses, otherwise known as CCJW. As a matter of fact, the CCJW accounted for 25% of the total events and 42% of the total uh, attendance. There were a, a big difference between those two functions. The bowling tournament, for example, definitely put heads in hotel room beds, as most of the attendees and organizers were visitors from out of town. On the other hand, the CCJW was primarily local folks, not out of towners. Their events had little impact on downtown hotel room. So you're probably wondering what's wrong? We've improved the ambience of downtown, added to the inventory of downtown hotel rooms, and still can attract conventions? The answer is the size of our convention center. It's just not big enough to support major conventions. The 2012 quality of life bond issue was supposed to address this with the construction of a multi-purpose and performing arts center that would serve as an annex to the convention center. Somehow, that concept morphed into a sports arena after our administration left office in 2013. I know some people think that the language of the bond issue was purposefully misleading, but I think it was more accurate to say that the language was broad enough for the vision to change once a new administration took over. The new leadership put out the RFQ in 2014 asking for qualifications to build a 15,000 seat arena that could be used for basketball. They also selected the location. They purchased the Durangito properties. They relocated the residents and businesses and waged a $3 million legal battle with the preservationist. 10 years later, we're back to square one. I'm not judging the current administration's decision to walk away from the project after spending $17 million from the bond proceeds, but I've heard nothing about how they intend to repay the bond money that they've already spent, even though they're obligated to do just that. I've asked about the Plan B now that Plan A is off the table, and the only response is, we have a Plan B. If the city has a plan to repay the, bond, repay the bond money, I would sure like to hear it. And if the city has a plan for a multi-purpose and performing arts center that will serve as an annex to the convention center, I'd like to hear about it. And if there are plans to restore the Derangito properties, I would like to hear about that too. If there are such plans, I would imagine that we already would have heard something about them but all I hear is the sounds of silence, and I don't mean Simon Garfunkel. Until next week, when I do another podcast, I uh, hope you have all have a blessed day. And God bless El Paso, and God bless America. This has been Truth Matters with John Cook. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you haven't already, please like, review, and share my podcast. Until the next time, have a blessed day. 
This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.